is the Big Church Podcast. The last few weeks, Pastor Rich has been preaching on the Ten Commandments and how they're not the Ten Suggestions, what the Bible says about them, and, and what culture says about them. Today, I'm going to be preaching on a man, a character in the Bible named Simon Peter. I'm going to be preaching, and I'm going to be doing a little bit of teaching, so I need some interaction, some responses. I need to hear you. I need some energy, right? So we're going to go ahead and get right into the focus passage for today. It is Mark 16, verses 4 through 8. You can go there in your Bibles or on your smartphone, or if you're lazy, we got it up on the screen, so whatever you like. So Mark 16, verses, verse 4 in the NIV says, But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Verse 5, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Verse 7, but go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. What I want us to focus on here is verse 7 where it says, but tell the disciples and Peter, right? And this would suggest that Peter was separate from the disciples. As many of us know, Peter was one of the original disciples to be called by, by God or by Jesus. So, What's going on, and just to make it abundantly clear what's going on in this passage, Jesus has risen. Women came to the tomb to see him. A man, an angel, said, hey, he's not here, but go tell the disciples and Peter to meet him in Galilee. And I'm going to go ahead and tag a title to this text. It is, And Peter. So could you tell your neighbor or your neighbors, And Peter. Good, good, good. So before we dive into the significance of this passage We kind of have to understand the life of Peter. Recently, I had the opportunity to work with a learning and development team on building a curriculum for a training, right? What I learned about building this curriculum, building this training, is to keep the trainees engaged, to keep them interactive with the training. You have to create a storyline. You have to create interesting characters. The thing about interesting characters are, interesting characters are not the unrealistic characters, right? The unrealistic characters are the ones that always have it going good. They're always on the up and up. No struggles, no issues, right? The, re- the realistic characters are really the interesting characters, the ones that we can relate to, the ones that have the struggles, that have not just one but many conflicts going on in their lives. They have highs and lows. They have ebbs and flows. They have back and forths. When I was reading through and studying the Old Testament, I, w- I was comforted to know that there were many people in the Bible in the Old Testament that had flaws that were realistic characters that we could relate to. Even going back to Adam and Eve that ate from the tree of knowledge of of good and evil and Cain that slayed his own brother because of jealousy and and Rebecca that finessed her husband to give the birthright to her favorite son or Rachel that, that, what did Rachel do? Somebody tell me. Rachel stole her father's little g-gods and and Samson slept with prostitutes and, and David concealed his own adultery with murder. The list goes on and on in the Old Testament. But when I started to study the Gospels, I realized there was one interesting character by the name of Peter that was unrealistic for a while, meaning that 
his life was going good. Everything was going good. It seemed to be he was on, he was on top of the world for a while. So the thing about Peter, and just to give more background on Peter, Peter was originally named Simon, but when Jesus met him, he gave him the name Peter. So that's where Simon Peter, if you ever hear Simon Peter, Peter, Simon, it's all one person. Peter was one of the first disciples to be called by Jesus. Peter was a fisherman by vocation. That was his job. And that's how he saw himself. He saw himself as a fisherman. But Jesus went ahead and told him that, hey, you are going to be a fisher of men, right? And it just shows you that what you're doing on a lower level, what you think you're doing, right? Peter was fishing for fish. Jesus will use that on a higher level where, where Peter's fishing for men. Can I get an amen? So one random day, Peter is cleaning his nets, and Jesus just walks into his boat, just gets into the boat, hop in it. And he asks Peter, hey, can we go off the shore? Can we go into the water? And while this story sounds cool, like, yo, Jesus hopped in my boat, like, we went out into the water, we were hanging out, I was hanging, you got to put yourself in Peter's shoes. He didn't even know who this man was. This was a random guy, right? So in modern day context, this is like somebody getting into your car and saying, hey, can we go across town, right? I know for me, that would have been like a no from me, dog, in my Randy Jackson voice. Um, I would have had to say no to that. But here we can see the heart of Peter from day one meeting Jesus. He was selfless. He just let this man get in his boat and take him out into the water. And, and from that decision, from that heart, he was able to follow Jesus, become one of his disciples, and witness many miracles because of that connection with Jesus, Right? What I want to note here is that it does matter who you are connected to. You only get to have certain experiences when you're connected to certain people, right? That's why I believe crews here at, at Big Church, which are small groups, are so important, right? Because when you're connected to those in Christ and you're connected to Christ, you get to experience certain things. And that's my quick plug for small groups that, that start in September. Crews. <laughs> Can everybody say, and Peter? and Peter? Love that. So to pivot back to Peter and bring some color to his character, Peter was a fisherman, like I said. Peter was a little rough around the edges. Peter was rambunctious. Peter was, he was a man of action. When Jesus was walking on the water, Peter was the one that spoke up and said, hey, my Lord, if that is you, let me, let me come out there with you. And Peter got to walk into the water. Peter was the one that when, Jesus, when they came for Jesus to arrest him, Peter pulled out his sword or his knife, and he said, the devil is a liar. Peter was bold. Do I have any Peters in the house tonight or this morning? It feels like the night with the darkness, but. See, you got to have some Peters in your corner sometimes, right? You know, some people, some people, they say they're with you, but when the fight comes, when the adversity comes, they're nowhere to be found. They're quiet, right? Or they're the people that come to you and tell you what they said about you, but you know that just means that they didn't say anything while they were there, right? Those are the people that make me nervous, right? But it was abundantly clear whose side Peter was on. I mean, my man cut off a man's ear just for stepping to Jesus, and he was aiming for the head. He was real. He was aiming for the head, not the feet. Some, some men aim for the feet, but not Peter. Not Peter. So on top of this, 
Peter, and mind you, I'm just trying to create this context, this picture of Peter, this character of Peter in the Bible. On top of this, Peter had an understanding of who Jesus was without intellect, but instead instinct. So I'm going to say that one more time. Peter had an understanding of who Jesus was without intellect, but instinct. I'm going to explain this here in a second. So in Matthew verse, chapter 16, verse 13, the Bible says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said, But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Look, look, look. The disciples were quick with the gossip. Right. They were quick to say, hey, uh, maybe Jeremiah, maybe Elijah. But when Jesus asked, who do you say I am? They were quiet. And in the Bible, in Luke 645, the Bible says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. These men were so full of what man said about Jesus that they didn't even understand what God said about Jesus. Right. Back to verse 16, Simon Peter, Simon Peter, the bold one, the man of action, the man of, of, of insight. He said, You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Listen, there was no on the fence about Peter's response. There was no uncertainty in his response. Are you clear about who you're following today or do you just come to church? Verse 17 says, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And this is why I said that Peter had an understanding of who Jesus was without intellect, but instinct. Because at this point, Jesus had not died on the cross, meaning there was no connection, direct connection between those on earth and those in heaven. But somehow, some way, Peter is obtaining a, a, a message directly from heaven, letting him know that Jesus is the son of God. Peter was connected. Like, Peter knew Jesus. This was his boy. This was his homeboy. I mean, he followed him for three years. So, I just want can, to, can, can, one more time, can we say, and Peter? So I'm going to paint this picture of Peter, the strong Peter, the, the bold Peter, the insightful Peter, the Peter, Peter that's on the up and up, the Peter that has an understanding of who Jesus is. But we know that life is not always linear. Just like I said before, most realistic characters, they have ebbs and flows, they have highs and lows, they have, they have struggles and they have real issues. So in the midst of Peter's highlight-type moments, so he's, he's getting to experience all these things with Jesus. Jesus, in, in Luke 22, verse 31, the Bible says, Simon, Simon, you know it's not good when somebody says your name twice. Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> mm. I love that. It's just Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Now, I'm not too much of an outdoorsman. My, my wife can attest to that. I don't even do the lawn because of my allergies. I'm, call me bubble boy sometimes. I don't, I don't know too much about sifting wheat, but that's not the prophecy I would want on my life, right? So if Jesus came to me and said, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, I'd be like, the devil is a liar. Like, tell the devil, no, not today. Like, no, bro, I don't want it, right? But in verse 32, he goes on and says, he says, 
But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Not that you may not fail, but that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Sometimes our prayer does not need to be that we don't fail, but that our faith does not fail. Now, everybody say, and Peter. So, so that Ann Peter was a little bit weaker. Actually, when I was, when I was re- doing this with my wife, and she was giving me responses, this was the Ann Peter. She was like, Ann Peter. She was tired of it. So I'm, I'm letting you know, it's, it's coming together. Just don't worry. It's coming together. Can we say it one more time? And Peter. And Peter. Woo! Y'all are right with me. All right. <laughs> so Peter went on to argue with Jesus after he gave him this prophecy on his life, he said, no, Lord, I, I'll go to prison and I'll die for you, Jesus. Jesus then told him, hey, Peter, look, once the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. Jesus is then arrested, and, and that's where we pick up in this one verse in Luke 22, verse 54. Pay attention now. Verse 54 says, Then seizing him, they led him, him as in Jesus, away and took him into the house of the high priest. This last sentence is important. Peter followed at a distance. I'm going to camp out right here. Has anyone just followed Jesus at a distance sometimes? Ah, this is just this. I've been here where I've been just following Jesus at a distance. You got to note that when, G- when Peter followed Jesus at a distance, this is when his faith was tested. This is when he denied Jesus three times, when he followed at a distance. I don't know how many of y'all have driven in a caravan, you know, just cars, multiple cars going in the same direction, going to the same place. But if you've ever fallen behind in the caravan, right, if you've ever got stopped at a light and the caravan continues to move, or you ever lose that connection to the leader, your attitude starts to change. You start to act uncharacteristically. You start to get nervous, right? You start to do things you wouldn't have done before. If, if the speed limit was 50, now you're going 70. If you were having good conversation with the passengers in your car, now you can't even hear them. Just like Peter did in this instance. He missed a turn three times. He's back to back to back. I mean, hit, hit the three-peat. And sometimes we do too, right? Let's be real. Let's be real. We, sometimes we hit the three-peat. We're like, man, I just messed up three. Boop, 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 boop. It's only 9 a.m., right? <laughs> the thing about missing the turn, the thing about missing turns and, and when you get lost is that if I'm driving and I miss the turn, the people on the right side of me and the left side of me and behind me, they may not know that I'm lost. I'm coming for somebody today. They may not know that I'm lost, right? I could be lost and, and go mile after mile after mile after mile. And, and at this point, I'm just riding along. I, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just riding along. The thing, the thing about that is Peter found out quickly when he had missed the turn. Peter found out quickly when he was lost. The Bible says that when the rooster crowed, Peter wept. And I believe that's because he understood the significance of what he did. He denied Jesus 
three times. You know, and when you deny Jesus, when, when he falls back and when he gets lost, you know, you can fake it for a while. But eventually, it'll catch up to you that you're on the wrong path. So here we can see the unrealistic character of Peter, Peter that's always doing well, turn more and more realistic, right? And more and more packaged with flaws. Let's talk about this man, Peter. This, this is the Peter that walked on water. This is the Peter that saw Lazarus raised from the dead. This is the Peter that saw the woman with the issue of blood healed. This is the Peter that devoted the last three years of his life to following this man. This is the man that knew who Jesus was. He had a connection. He was homeboys with Jesus. But he got rattled. He got nervous. He started to act uncharacteristically when the adversity came. See, it's easy to pray. It's easy to amen. It's easy to worship while we're in church, when we're close to the Father. But if it doesn't make it to your private life, if it doesn't make it to your business, if it doesn't make it to your children or your marriage or your actions and how you react, then then what are we doing, right? See, some of us have been on the right path for a while, and then at some point we just fell behind. Then we missed one turn. Then we missed another turn. But let me tell you the good news. There's good news. Like a GPS that reroutes you, right? Everybody got a smartphone these days. Like a GPS that reroutes you when you're... So back to our our focus passage, specifically verse 7. So Mark 16, verse 7. But go tell the disciples and Peter and Brandon and Susan and Joe and, and whoever and you. So what this is showing us is that although Peter denied Jesus, bold-faced lied, said, I don't even know who this guy is. Like, bro, he don't even look like me. What you mean? Like, we, no, 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 not, not him. Still, he was provided grace. He was still provided grace to go see Jesus when he raised. See, some of us may be in the position that we followed him. We've fallen behind, missed some turns. And I came to tell somebody today, for somebody to notice that you're lost. Maybe you're just driving and you're just going, you're just like, man, let's just, let's just keep going. I don't know where I'm going, but let's just keep going. Today, I wanted to let you know that Jesus notices you and he knows your loss and he wants you to come back to him. If that's you today, I I want everyone to stand. Could we stand really quick? And I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to pray over everybody. But if that's you and you're lost and, and today is the day to make a decision to whether to get into Christ, get, get to know Christ or get back to knowing Christ, um, let us know in the, at the Connect Center. We have some gifts for you. We have some next steps because it doesn't just stop right here. Right? It doesn't stop on a Sunday morning and then Sunday afternoon you're back to what, whoever, you were back to loss. Right? So I'm going to pray over us really quick. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that those that are lost will find you, Lord. I ask that you, you bind the spirit of shamefulness, 
the spirit of lostness, Lord. I, I ask that you invite the spirit of repentance. Lord, be gracious to your people. Lord, be gracious to us. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. Ask that, that you know they're lost and you see them, that you bring them closer to you. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.